Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pale in Comparison, a proud member of the Doof Network. In this podcast, my sister uses her knowledge of the other verse to take a look at Pact, Wildbo's least protagonistic work, and I try to not give away any spoilers. I'm Jenny, and Malia's convinced me to read Worm. I'm Malia, and Jenny convinced me to read everything else. This episode, we are covering Signature, chapters 8.3, 8.4, and 8.5. Before we get into that, however, I'd like to issue a spoiler warning. This podcast is filled with pale spoilers. If you don't know what happened to Liberty and America's mom and don't want us to tell you, stop now, read Pale, and come back to this podcast. As for Pact, there will be full spoilers through the chapters we are covering. Woo! We're back! We're back! <laughs> After a whole week. <coughs> uh, I apologize for my coughs or whatever. I think I'm sick, so that's fun. That sucks. Yeah. Um, do you take some halls? No. Take some <laughs> cough syrup? I drank tea. That's good. What kind of tea? Just like Twinnings has this premium black tea. It's like my favorite. It's not English get, breakfast. You gotta get the it's green like a- shit for that, Malia. Green is good and healthy and all that. Isn't that supposed to be for uh, like... Yeah. I mean, I'm sure black is fine, but... You should put honey in it. Green, yeah, green tea is probably good. I should look through my cabinet. <laughs> it makes me feel better. I have green tea or peppermint tea because mm. I just really like peppermint tea. Um I am um, not with honey though, because that just feels weird to me. Interesting. S- slight sidebar: I went to. We had a fun family emergency week, sort of, where our dad has some health problems, and I needed to help mom um, transport him from Yellowstone to Austin for my law school graduation. So I got to go to Yellowstone, um, and it's dry as fuck, <laughs> which I'm not used to. And so by the end of the first day, I'm like. I have a huge headache and I'm dying and I'm trying to drink water and it's like not helping. And I find medicine at the hotel. And then I was just like, I need tea. And they had mint tea um, that I put mm. sugar in. And it was, uh, it was perfect. Like my headache went away as I was sitting there, which very rarely happens to me. Usually I have to sleep for headaches to go away. And it was really, it was wonderful. That's the nice thing about being a nurse. I mean, I don't have any of the supplies, but like theoretically I could just start an IV on myself and get some IV fluids in. I but I don't dream about that all the time. Do that. Yeah. You dream about me doing like, not that? Literally, or like, no, I, I, I want that. Sometimes I'm like, <laughs> what if I could get someone to teach me how to do an IV? Drinking water is nice, but also a huge pain in the ass to have to do it all the fucking time. So, I mean, you could argue I'd rather that it's also a huge pain in the ass to like get poked with a needle. I don't know. I will tell you, like, it does feel really fucking cold going through your veins. Ooh. I didn't realize that until I, like, got pregnant because I never had had, like, an IV before. But then when I went to, I don't know, have my babies and stuff. And there were a couple times I had to go get IV fluids because uh, they're a little tachycardic. Um, so I had to get a little bit of fluid uh, to bump that down a little bit. Um, yeah, it's fucking cold, man. <laughs> well, it's like icy veins. <laughs> Speaking of more shit that's going on, I don't know if you know about this, Jen, but apparently the Texas energy grid is fucked again, and the Texas energy grid wants us to put all of our ACs at 78 degrees Fuck between those guys. the hours of 3 and 8. <laughs> 3 and 8? Do they not know 3 is the hottest part of the day? Well, I think they think that you'll have had your house cold enough, and it'll slowly get oh, hotter, and then you'll fuck off. put air conditioning Maybe on Maybe they should fix the fucking grid. <sighs> Maybe. Pay enough... And- taxes and crap for them to do that but no they gotta be independent from the rest of the usa (laughs) 
That was Fucking beautiful. Hell. Thank you. <clears throat> I'm yeah, really so, not so good at accents, but cold know. sailing straight to my veins sounds kind of nice. Sounds kind of nice. <laughs> That's true. Maybe not while I'm sick, like but you know. <laughs> yeah, that part doesn't sound nice. They actually do. I, I, look, I know guys were doing the off topic thing, but I'm just acknowledging that. I know it's happening, but we'll get back on topic eventually. I mean, you know, or just fast forward a little bit until you hear us talking about goblins or something. If you're tired of it. Goblins. But anyway, <laughs> goblins, goblins. Um, they have IV trucks around um, where like if you had like a uh, really hardcore night partying. Um, I don't know if they have them in Austin or anything, but I've heard of them at least. Where like apparently you can get IV infusions with like a banana bag, which actually okay, a banana bag. <laughs> I'm not just making shit up. At least that's what we call it at our hospital. I feel like they call it other hospitals. It's like we call it a banana bag because the fluid's yellow. It basically has a bunch of different like vitamins and like different good shit to like get you feeling perky and ready for the day. Um, they don't really give it to people who are hungover at the hospital. <laughs> it's actually used for like medical conditions you know which i guess hmm, being okay. hungover is one but you know what i mean Technically. Um, but uh they actually do have iv uh trucks where you can go and get like hydrated after your you know drinking binge the night cool before. i just can imagine it one seems sitting like- on sixth street yes you know it just should there like- be if it what if it was like proactive or whatever like can you go to that truck and then get drunk to mitigate the hangover or like well, you've just peed it all out. I mean, I feel like the best way is like to go while you're drunk, but that's also like probably a real pain in the ass for anyone who's trying to like take care of you because I have taken care of drunk people and uh, it's something special. I mean, granted, the, <laughs> usually if they're in the emergency room, it's not like a happy drunk situation. So maybe it would be better, but like, you know, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, if in doubt, just drink some water. Because, you know, most people don't have just, like, fucking IV kits laying around. And it's kind of hard to start an IV on yourself. And most people don't know someone who knows how to start an IV on them and have all the equipment sure. and crap. I don't even remember why we're talking about this. But this is what <laughs> happens when we skip a week. We got to get all our uh, random chat stuff out of the way. Yeah, talk about stuff. Yeah. Not talk about stuff. I mean, who knows? You could always, if you think it's too much, you could always cut it out and be like, D.A., D it I'm trying to think I'm trying to do an acronym for doof after oh. dark, but it just doesn't sound cool. It sounds like I'm just saying it's we can dad been, it. It's been like seven minutes. People are fine. <laughs> People are fine. That's true. Anyway, um my internet freaked out a little bit and Fuck. you sort of paused. So I'm gonna turn my camera off if that's okay, okay. to try to help it. Um oops, I turned your camera off. I'm gonna turn all the cameras off. Just turn them all off. That's fine. We don't need to see each other's faces. Makes it easier <laughs> for me to bluff. <clears throat> Cool. You can leave that part in because that's hilarious. But I mean, or you don't have to. <coughs> okay, maybe I will. Okay, Liz. Liz is dying. Um, he... Which I guess technically we're all dying from the moment we're born. We're on the I'm trajectory towards death. Feeling it. You're right just feeling now. it more right now. You're feeling yeah. your mortality a little bit stronger right now. Yeah, the, that's rough. Yeah. It just yeah. Like I felt totally fine this morning. <clears throat> And then, like, I sort of coughed, and I noticed, oh, that tickles. And then it's just, like, progressively, I felt worse all day, which sucks. But Does it keep feeling like it's tickling? <sighs> a bit, I guess. It's also just, like, my chest is, like, bleh. Like, congested and, like, bad? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that. Get some of that, what is it, like, uh, that 
vapor rub or whatever it's called. Oh, interesting. Oh, I could try that. There's so many. It's supposed to help yeah. with congestion. There's a lot of crap you could try, you know, and sometimes <laughs> it might work. So it's, I mean, it might cost some money, but that's. Yeah. Yeah. I also would have to like go to the store to get it, but I'll think about yeah. it. Yeah. Who knows? You might be able to get delivered. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> you could get some tea and you could get some <sighs> vitamins and you can get some vapor rub. Wow. You can get some. Uh, the future. I, I don't know why, but I. The next thing I was going to say before I was like, why are you going to say that? It's like a helium balloon. Um, How I know what, <laughs> who knows, you know, it, it would help because it would make you feel better. Just be like, you know, it doesn't always make you feel better to have a helium balloon. I mean, it kind of, I guess it kind of defeats the point if you're like sending it to yourself, but like pick, you know, just be like, get a get well soon balloon or a happy graduation balloon. Cause that's happening mm. sometime. Um, I yeah. thought you were saying, like, get a helium balloon so that I could, like, breathe the helium, which would somehow help. And I did not understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Maybe if your voice starts getting more hoarse or sounding more funny, like, if you're breathing helium just anyway, they won't be able to tell. Exacerbate it. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Just make it, just make it really fucking worse. Just, you know, it's got to get worse before it gets better or something. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. Ranting is in full form right now. This is great. Um <laughs> This soda I'm drinking is terrible. I know I told you that. I'm just going to s- say it again. Um, like, it's Balls Energy, which is usually delicious. B-A-W-L-S, if y'all haven't had it. Usually just tastes like soda. I don't know if it's just because this one's, like, expired and I don't know it. Because, like, the date on it, I can't read it. It's kind of rubbed Uh-oh. off. Or if it's just, like, <laughs> normally bad, but it's the orange one. I've never tried the orange one. It tastes, like, just not good. But I keep drinking it because I have no energy because my children and I'm trying to pick up more shifts because I yeah. have no money. I have some money, yeah. but it's all being flushed away by children and the car dying. So that actually awesome. re- reminds me of something that is mentioned in this in these chapters. So I don't know if that's a good segue. Oh, but- my gosh. It's a great segue. <clears throat> um, is 11 minutes Duke, Duke <laughs> after dark material or is this like just our podcast material by this time i'm pretty sure there's a decent chance that we'll mention something that we've talked about later in the episode and so if i cut it out it'll be a huge pain in the ass and everyone will be like what's happening so tbd i guess all right tbd (laughs) i like that you did pick an acronym that is super sweet all right (laughs) let's go let's go let's let's get on to the fucking material that we're supposed to be talking about um all right. <laughs> My brain is just like fucking scrambled eggs right now. I'm sorry, guys. All right. Um, chapter summary. What? What? Woo! The girl. Woo! Um, the girl in the checkered scarf starts to look for Maggie Holt, a- <clears throat> a.k.a. Patrick, but then realizes that Maggie sent the goblins after her. Um, she's given a letter from Maggie and reads it while fleeing before finding sanctuary with Sandra Duchamp. She's given a brief respite and some tools from Sandra before she goes to find more answers. Um, she just barely avoids Crone Mara's trap, Crone Mara's trap, whatever, Mara Mara, potato, potato, tomato, tomato, but manages to get some help from the witch hunters. What did you think of these chapters, Malia? Woo! Um, these were nice. Um, these it, were nice. That's not really what I expected you to be like, woo, these were nice. I mean, the part with the goblins was like really <laughs> scary and suspenseful. I guess I'm mostly thinking of the 
Duchamp Sandra part. Yeah. Um, which was really nice. And that was really nice. Sticks out the most in my mind from this section. Um, but like, I mean, so yeah, so the goblin part was all like scary and tense. And same with the witch hunters and Crone Mara. Those were all scary and yeah. tense. But in a way, it was also like, I felt like we were being almost introduced to these characters in a way. Like, we know a decent amount mm-hmm. about Sandra and we've seen glimpses of the others. But mm-hmm. especially through the filter that is Blake, um, like, everyone is super antagonistic toward him, like, yeah. from the jump. And no one's like, wow, Maggie, you're my best friend. But I think that it's a different interaction, um, like, filtered in a different way. And uh, we get to go around and see, like, where do they all live? And I don't know. I, I liked that part about it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. I mean, I, I still feel like majority of it was kind of, like, more horrifying than that was sweet. But yes, the Sandra Duchamp <laughs> stuff. That does kind of stick out a bit. I will give you that. Um, so we'll start with... Um, I was kind of lazy and I just copied pasted the exact same thing I said. So we'll see if I bother to reword that or not. Uh, <laughs> the girl in a checkered scarf starts to look for fairy fuck, but then realizes <laughs> that fairy fuck sent the goblins after the checkered lady. Um, she gives a letter, uh, or fairy fucker gives uh, the girl in a checkered scarf a letter um, and basically like, is like, haha, I sent my goblins after you, but I told them to wait until you're done reading the letter. So I guess have fun with that. <laughs> um, so she basically is forced to read it while fleeing um, before finding sanctuary with Sandra Duchamp. And I will tell you, as someone who did has grown up uh, reading while walking up and down stairs, um, <laughs> it's not easy to read and run. So kudos. Yes, she did a decent job. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, yes. I still think Paggy is a good Paggy <laughs> way to refer to Patrick as Maggie. Um Paggy but, or Madrick. Oh interesting. Paggy. I like Paggy. I like Paggy. Paggy. It's almost like Patty, which is Patrick with the nickname. So it's, holy crap, that's like a full circle. Yeah. Damn. Paggy. You're good. <laughs> Paggy. All right. Um but yeah, I, I think I was surprised that Mag or I'm just going to call her Maggie because saying the girl in the checkered scarf is too long. And I acknowledge that. How about GCS? It's technically not Maggie. <sighs> girl okay, checkered maybe. scarf. How about checker? Uh, checkers. <laughs> GCS. GCS. All right. Um, well, so she can swear now, which is interesting and um, surprised me. Um, one of the things from this section that I'm having, like that I'm trying to figure out is, um, you know how important is Maggie's name um mm-hmm. because this obligation completely disappears but the clothes are still tied to GCS um they're also tied to Paggy mm-hmm. but they're like you know and and the connections are changing um different things are happening um people like don't necessarily remember who she is and have to kind of piece things together knowing like oh there was this girl who did these things and i guess that's you which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, some some things seem like or I'm I'm trying to figure out what things are more tied to uh GCS and what things are more tied to Maggie's name. Um yeah. And it's interesting. And apparently this promise is not at all tied to GCS. Um Okay, I just want to stop you there because I don't know if the acronym's working for me. 
Okay. It sounds like GPS, which I don't know. (laughs) Okay. So we have GCS. Um, Do checkers or checker? Do I like scarfy or checkers? Scarf lady. You like checkers? Yeah. Okay. Let's do checkers because GCS, I'm just going to, I don't know. It's going to bother me. (laughs) Okay. Checkers. All right. So checkers. Yeah. Checkers can swear, uh, which is pretty sweet. All right. Sorry. Right. And, and and it's just like weird again because it's like not that Checkers had made a promise to not swear. It's that like or Maggie had made a promise to not swear. Maggie had given up the ability to swear, um, which yeah. we had already seen with Paggy and now is like confirmed with Checkers, um, mm-hmm. which I really want to know what the fuck is going on. And maybe we'll find out in the next section, although maybe we won't. Maybe we so, won't. But we'll see. It could we'll be see. the key. It seems at least moderately important. Um, but yeah, so that, that was sort of fun or nice or something. Um, but like this part's really scary because, you know, Checkers is trying to navigate the darkness and trying to find Paggy and trying to do all this stuff. Um, I, I really liked the description of Jacob's Bell, um, Mm -hmm. and the layout of the roads and stuff. Um, I can kind of visualize it in my head. Um, I thought it was funny that that one street curves around the marshland near Hillsglade house, like reminding us that that's a big motivation for getting rid of Blake and the Thorburn heirs is that house is standing in the way of Mm. question mark um, being Lord of a better area or expanding something, something um, and like interesting thinking about how even like the road is obstructed by this house and this property. Um, Part of me is like, haha, it's the demon that's buried under it. And part of me is like, <laughs> it's expensive to build things, like build a road over Marsh. Um, yeah. And like, maybe they already owned the land at that point and they just didn't decide to eminent domain it away or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, it this description of the roads almost made me feel like Jacob's Bell is smaller than Kennet, which is not what I originally thought. Um mm. I mean, we got a map of Kennet, which helped, but, you know, that spans, like, two sides of a river, and there's some, like, little chunks and areas of it, Um, whereas this was, like, there's three important roads, one of them has some shops on it, one of them has a school on it, and, like, I don't know how long those roads are or how far apart they are, and so that makes it harder to... A little harder to tell, I guess. Picture, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I love the, like train station bus station combo um syracuse new york has one of these and i'm fairly confident that syracuse is substantially larger than jacob's bell but um when i think about the station in jacob's bell i kind of think of the syracuse one which is nice um Mm. yeah um yeah and just the whole like train station bus station fills out more the character of this town that it's like where people live who work in toronto but don't want to pay as much in housing and are willing to commute um like that sort of a feeling of a lot of the population going away during the day and just coming home in the evening um but also like an area that's growing um potentially gentrifying or like has the potential to gentrify um with this expansion of people who are working in toronto coming to move into it um yeah. Jacob's mm-hmm. Bell is really interesting. I mean, Wildbow is very good at characterizing places. Um and yeah, like 
Kenna is such a huge important part of Pale and like the cities that take place like that the parahuman stories take place in are also like almost like characters um and so it's really fun seeing how he like characterizes them i guess yeah words um yeah i think it's funny i mean i guess maybe peggy did take a train but it's so wild that she's like the only three options were to take a bus to take a train or to walk because i'm like (laughs) that's probably not true like like I mean, maybe, like, Paggy's not going to take a path and, like, that, you know, they were exiled. And so there's a bunch of, like, interesting limitations. And, mm-hmm. like, but we have no evidence that Paggy went to the station, right? Like, <laughs> it's just so funny. I mean, they seemed, they needed some time to get away. Um, or uh-huh. they just thought that this, like, stick the goblins on checkers would be funny. Um, <clears throat> but, Yeah. I was just like, I did not imagine Paggy taking a train. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to, I would probably pick a train from those if I had the money for a train. Because mm-hmm. I like trains, trains great. but yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you think any of that has to do with him, like, um, taking Maggie's name and, like, identity? Like, do you think that would affect, like, his um, ability, ability to travel? To, um, possibly. Um, I mean, I don't think that, like, he's limited to being paggy in so far as patrick is exiled right so patrick has a lot of limits on what he can do and where he can go um and maggie doesn't but i don't think Mm -hmm. that he has to be maggie but maybe he's worried about the courts finding him faster if he uses like less mundane human forms of transportation Mm -hmm. so like maybe but okay I don't know. Maybe you could just like jump into a mirror and then like be in Toronto or something. I don't know. Magic. (laughs) (laughs) I just figured I would, I just figured I would ask that. I was curious about your thoughts on it. Um, but yeah, so goblins going crazy. Yeah. They're scary. Um, yeah, this, this part is really freaky and built up in a nice way. Um, and like the identifying particular, goblins that tortured and murdered molly um and like already knowing how much that's been like weighing on her and um seeing yeah just like the tire popping and the all that stuff culminating with um god i always want to say butt munch and it's not butt munch so that's probably blunt's name butt sack right butt sack (laughs) thank you culminating (laughs) with butt sack like you know being there holding the letter and all that shit just like it's really good use of suspense and all of that um and also amplifies the horror of what happened to molly and what could happen to checkers um yeah checkers like the the rules of the contest or the game or whatever like if they can if checkers can walk um see he uh see speak or hold a pen or paper by the time the sun rises, then the goblins lose. And that's just so horrifying. Like, yeah, it's not just like is alive. It's not just like, I mean, is unharmed. It's like very specific and reminds me of that um, princess bride to the pain thing. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah. 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 Um, but whereas that was like, ha yeah, fuck this guy. This is like, wow, that's horrifying. And now I'm like, oh, maybe you shouldn't just like torture people and stuff. Wesley. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um 
Yeah. Um, do, 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 do. One thing that was that I was a little confused about when I was reading it the second time. Um, so I don't know a ton about what forswearing others does. Um, with Edith, um, we were told, I think, that if she was forsworn, she would be, like, unmade. Like, she would just completely yeah. be unraveled. Just, mm-hmm. Right. Um, and she's, like, spirity. Um, but I assume that that was what happened to all others. But here, Maggie's like, or, sorry, Checkers is like, Maybe I can name, I could do a thing and I could name butt sweat, <laughs> butt sack, butt sack. for sworn uh-huh. fast enough to then get him to attack his servants, which sounded a lot more like what Goblet, Goblet, y'all my brain, um, which sounded a lot more like what Conquest did to um, Joseph mm-hmm. um, in terms of being able to control some of the ramifications of the force wearing. Um, and maybe Maggie's just sort of wrong here, but it seems like there's a potential for at least with some types of others to forswear them and then like kind of control them. But maybe with the mm-hmm. threat of the forswearing something, something. I was not sure, but it was interesting. Something, something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I. <clears throat> Sorry, but so she's going through the town and she's trying to find you know, someone, and I, I don't think, I didn't expect Sandra Duchamp at all, so that was fun. Um, I don't remember if I believed, yeah, she's definitely going to Laird's, but um, I think that I also wasn't giving her as much credit as to, like, having somewhat of a plan um, the first time I read it, whereas the second time I felt fairly positive that she was, like, trying to figure out, you know, like, where does Sandra live? Um, yeah. Because the first time I was like, oh, that was lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think she yeah. was looking for Sandra in particular, or just kind of like that area, or? Um, I mean, the she needed a safe space, and one of the safe spaces is all the practitioner families because they've agreed, like they made a deal with the goblins to not fuck with each other. Um, that said, they pro- the families probably could just let her, you know, be horribly mm-hmm. murdered, um, because that is part of not fucking with the goblins or whatever, but. Um. Yeah, I'm wondering how that comes into play with what Sandra does because she does interfere with what they're doing. Um. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure if she was just sort of like must find a Duchamp slash Baham, or if she was like yeah. Sandra specifically. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um. Yeah. I Sandra is like I could ask for concessions, and then she's like, but I won't. And I was like, that's nice because you really could, but also. Yeah. You think Blake's going to die, so what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody. Everyone hates Blake. Yeah. So. Oh, um, I also wanted to talk about the letter. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that Paggy, like, keeps checkers in Jacob's Bell by being like, if you ever leave, that's, you know, I'm going to come back then, and then I'll never come back ever again, and you'll never find me. And Ugh. maybe the goblins will, like, kill your dads. And those are both really shitty, obviously. Um, I mean, it makes sense that we need a reason as to why Checkers didn't show up, you know, in the week or whatever in in Toronto. Um, Yeah. And it makes sense that she would need to protect her dads and various things. But it was just like, this sucks so bad. Because on the one hand, maybe, like, he wouldn't know and Fairy aren't that cool and, like, whatever. But also, like, maybe he would know and, I don't know. Ugh. Mm -hmm. Fucking Fairy fucking fairy man it's awful (laughs) like seriously yeah all right so 
the girl in the checkered scarf is given a nice meal and some tools from Sandra in order to protect herself and to keep herself grounded. She goes to find Crone Mara, but almost falls for a trap. Um, yeah, I just really like Sandra. Um, like I can see her making a lot of political decisions that I don't like, but also, I don't know. I just feel so bad that she was never a mom. It seems like she, you know, Mm -hmm. um, would have like, she wanted to be, which we kind of got from her interlude, but you know, here she's like, a frustrated maternal instinct and talking about teaching her nieces to drive and stuff like it's just sweet Mm -hmm. um but also she lives alone which i didn't expect i i don't know if i just assumed that all the champs lived in some like commune sort of a thing where like (laughs) i just i just figured she'd be living with other people um and so that threw me off Mm. but i'm glad she has her own space to get away from stuff Um, yeah Part of me, I'm con- I don't know if I definitely thought this, but I think I almost thought that her house was the house that the party was at. But it seems pretty clear that that's not what yeah, this was. That's yeah. not. Um, I'm confused by your question on your notes asking why did she leave Jeremy and go back to Jacob's Bell? Because I, th- I mean, I would have thought that, that would be at least to me because I'm like she obviously couldn't have she can't have kids with him, and he kind of knew that. Yeah, but just right so. Like, why would she stay with him still? Because she loves him? Yeah, but wouldn't that be kind of painful (laughs) and like a betrayal? Uh, betrayal of what? Well, like, you know, he he knew, like, who she is. She's a Duchamp. Um, Uh They have to have girls. And he knows, like, his god's like a god of fertility and stuff and is gonna fuck shit up. And so he's gonna make it so she has to have boys. She can't have a boy. For how, like, right. I don't know. So, the family magic, something, something. Yeah, and he knew that. Or at least it was implied that he knew that. Um, where she didn't. And so he basically, like, got into this marriage and stuff with her, knowing that, like, that wasn't going to work. And she had no idea. And that was, like, her one chance to have kids and all that. So I feel like that's uh, a betrayal. Yeah, I guess I didn't... Like, I know that he did know before, like, that it was going to be a boy. Um because it's one of the fawn or whoever was the one that mentioned it to Sandra. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't think that he like went into the entire relationship from that standpoint. Um, but maybe he did. Um, I mean, I, but I, I mean, it was that big of a deal to him, but I think he knew. Right. Um, it's just so rude. Um, I mean, but, it, but it seems like she still really cares about him. And she went back to Jacob's belt because of like, to become the Lord and to do like other politically, things but i'm just kind of mm-hmm. like i don't know if you still really care about this dude just like well it's too painful like here, she can't have her fu- she can't have her full like relationship or she i mean she like she really wants you know to have kids and stuff and he didn't he wasn't really he was kind of lying by a mission and mm-hmm. like i could see that being too painful to you know get reminders of everything you could have had and you can't yeah that's fair Okay, yeah. At least that's my take, but yeah. It just seems, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily want to live in like Dionysus' sex temple or whatever, but she seems, I guess, still lonely, but maybe a little bit more secure here than she was in Toronto. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, she has her whole support system here, really. Sure. Um, But she's also surrounded by all of her sisters who have daughters, but I guess she gets to have good relationships with them or something i don't know yeah that's true um but yeah i love 
I love Sandra's white mom energy. Um, she has like a bunch of cookbooks. She has wine guides. Um, she has <laughs> tantric sex guidebooks, which I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> well, that's a reflection on her, you know, marriage. <laughs> it was just like, cool. Um, the like weaving, but like, you know, magical stuff. Um, and then her Nordic spell books because of like Hildur. Um, I just really loved it. Um, the whole like, <clears throat> I don't own a couch because people think they can sleep on couches was depressing as fuck. Hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know. Just say no. Get a love seat at least. Like, you know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I yeah, I liked her vibe. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then yeah, in the morning with <laughs> with Hilder, I lo- Hilder's so cute. I love Hilder so much. And she, like, takes a whole bunch of the bacon and they, like, have this, you know, no, I'll give you a sausage. And then later it's, like, Hilda was devouring a raw sausage roughly a third her size. And it's just, like, she's so good. (laughs) (laughs) I really love her. Um, It's nice that Sandra has a companion, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Bless you. Thank you. Um, But, yeah, and just, like, this breakfast sounded so good and, like, it... Yeah, it reminds me of like being on vacation where you're at a nice-ish place where, you know, you get the 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 eggs and the meat and the set of toast and you get orange juice and you get coffee and you get like, you know, you get the whole like spread thing that you don't do by yourself because it's like a pain and expensive Too and bad. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's just like, yes, I live this way because I want to. And I'm like, you're so cool. <laughs> yeah, that sounds amazing. <laughs> I know. Uh, like sandra was just sort of like i'm in charge of my life now and i'm going to make the decisions that i want like yeah in the areas that i can and i'm just like this is cool like Mm -hmm. yeah um oh and then i was also wondering so this is the house she grew up in like are her parents dead like did her mom move like why did no one else get this house um because we don't really know if she has sisters or if they were all cousins or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But that struck me as a little odd in terms of like she had gone to Toronto for a while and whatever. But then like she came back to this house and she doesn't live with anyone. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And um, yeah. And then well, so then she starts talking about Laird and we know that Laird's dead or, you know, not yet, but dies soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and about how, you know, Sandra and Laird have kind of been, like, both wanting to be Lord of Jacob's Bell. Um, and so, like, you know, their arranged marriage with their families is a compromise thing. Um, and Laird's trying to get Conquest's favor to help in his bid. Um, and Sandra's, like, you know, doing other stuff to help her. Um, Johannes is out there in the wings or whatever, and she has to deal with him and um, stuff. Um, but then the way she talks about Laird was really interesting. Um, like she says, others in his family have to pay a share of their power restricted in what they can do, but they're free. Whereas Laird is bound and shackled playing his role in schemes that were set up in like previous generations, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. Cause on the one hand, I would definitely describe whatever the fuck grandma Rose was doing as a scheme. And on the other hand, like Eamon explicitly didn't bind Laird to the same promises he was bound to to allow him to be more free um and so part of it felt like sandra didn't know what was actually happening and part of it felt like 
I mean, he is playing a role in whatever Grandma Rose and Eamon were doing. Um, and I hope we figure that out more because it's really interesting and very yeah. frustrating. Um, yeah. But yeah, and so she's like, go to t- Toronto, Laird. That's a great idea because you've already like given part of your lifespan to your children because that thing that Patrick said and you're probably going to go become Conquest's new human person or whatever, which mm-hmm. totally doesn't make sense to me, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, was that like, that's the ultimate way to gain Conquest's favor and then his kid could be more situated for Lord or something? I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. It was weird. Um, But also she's like, I don't know, maybe it won't happen. And I was like, okay. I don't know. Um, yeah. There's also a good Johannes hype where Johannes is strong mm-hmm. enough to help Maggie and not knowledgeable enough to understand that it's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. So that might be fun. Um, and yeah, then they do this like fun behame connection thingy, but like slightly altered to help Maggie figure out what things she's connected to as opposed to like a whole bunch of other like manipulating shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was interesting. Like it reminded me of those brainstorming diagrams that we were taught to do in like middle school or whatever when you're writing a paper yeah. and you're just like oh, writing yeah, things yeah. all over and drawing lines and circles and stuff. And so this was, you know, Maggie trying or Checkers trying to define herself and then things that are important to her. And then like the lines were to show what things were stronger and what things weren't. Um, I, I get why blood is a stronger connection than adoption in this universe that that's like much more symbolic or whatever and like dna is also a thing but i also like don't love it just in terms of yeah. like i have very seriously considered adopting children um and i find that to be a really wonderful like way to have a family um yeah and the idea that like it's just significantly weaker in this universe makes me angry at the universe. Well, we know that this, I mean, yeah, we know that, like, they're bad, like, they're just, like, straight up ass backwards with, like, a lot of shit. <laughs> totally. Right? And it, and it makes sense based on, like, the, the symbolism of blood and all of that shit. But, like, the fact that she has a stronger connection to her mom that she, like, never sees and barely talks to because she's biologically related to her than her dad's who, like, she lives with is so frustrating. <laughs> Um, here's here's a wild question, Malia. I don't know that it's. I don't know. Maybe this might be obvious to other people, but I'm not thinking about this very hard. I'm just gonna go for it and ask. So let's say um, Maggie, when she was a kid or something, had some kind of a medical, like bad. She was sick all the time, or like bad medical history, or whatever. Let's say she had the same blood type as one or even both of her dads. What if they? like donated blood directly to her to give her a blood hmm. transfusion would that count i mean it's obviously a little bit different but you know at that point they're actually do share some blood and i know i mean blood doesn't last forever um obviously in your body but if she's gotten yeah. their blood before you know um i'm not sure like i think because i almost thought you were going to like donating an organ or something and i think that would create like a much stronger connection i still don't think mm-hmm. it would be quite the same as like biologically related to or whatever but i think that like having yeah, one of her dad's kidneys or whatever either yeah but doesn't blood i mean i think blood 
I know blood doesn't last forever either, but like um, cycles how long a does lot it, faster. Uh, how long? I'm trying to remember how like I'm gonna Google this. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think either of the scenarios would be akin to her connection with her mom because of the biological thing. Um, but I think it would be a factor and it would make it stronger. Um, I don't know if it could have won out over her not being Maggie Holt anymore. But, yeah, yeah. Maybe you could make a petition to the spirits about it or something. I don't know. Yeah, because um, it it seems like there's a chance that her mom would be able to recognize her or something because of like that line about being their daughter wasn't strong enough like to overcome not being Maggie Holt be- like partially because she's not related to them by blood. Yeah. That fucking but sucks. Yeah. yeah. Um it seems a little rude that Sandra's like reading over her shoulder as she's writing down like intimate details about herself, but I guess that's like the trade-off for. <laughs> yeah, and she's like she's this. trying to help, I guess, so. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, can't beggars but- can't be choosers, you know. Yeah. Um God. Um I thought it was interesting that she put down being a goblin queen as something that's important to her. Um, I can see that the practice is important, but, and maybe it's like Liberty and America who are the weird ones. And Maggie's actually a fairly normal, like standard goblin practitioner, but yeah, Liberty and America like love goblins and are so gross and like punk and just like totally, you know, like out there and just, you know, like totally love all the like weird, gross, whatever shit. Um, Whereas Maggie, like, is, like, curt and rude and blunt about things um, and does deal with goblins, but it's, like, she deals with goblins because they're her, like, biggest enemy in a way and Mm -hmm. um, often one of the easier sources of power. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I found it really interesting that that was something that she marked as being important because it's not about... It it feels different than mm-hmm. Liberty in America, um, yeah, um, but yeah, and then Blake and Molly that was really like heartbreaking and awful, and it was sad that her connection with Blake is disappearing because you know Peggy is there fucking it up, yeah, mm-hmm. but her connection with Molly is strong, and I'm just like, bitch, go see Molly, and she still hasn't done it, and I'm worried that now that she's in Johannes's domain, she won't be able to, but we'll see what happens, ah. yeah. Uh, yeah um yeah sandra lays out some options where she's like yeah i guess you can like go face Peggy head on or wait for him to come back and take pity on you or just like deal with it like this is your life now and it's it's kind of scary and 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 kind of like yeah maggie you've already like or yeah checkers you've already fucked with the fae and like see where it got you and maybe you should like stop before it gets worse like dealing with Faye isn't worth it as a general rule um mm-hmm. is an interesting uh, interesting thing truth, to think about truism yeah. yeah um and like obviously checkers isn't gonna do this partially because like that's just like not the type of person she is she seems you know she's a fighter she's gonna try to like survive and keep going and she's also pissed and is gonna try to take it out or like take revenge kind of on this like thing that wronged her in the same way that how she is with goblins um mm-hmm. but <sighs> she it might be better for her to i mean i don't know if it's just like lay down and die or like try to like come up with a new name or whatever but yeah i don't know yeah what would what new name would you come up with for her uh (laughs) molly walker (laughs) really 
Interesting. Okay. Uh, I still, well, yeah, that was my prediction, I think, last week that she'd let Molly Seko possess her and they would sort of mm, fuse. And I think that'd be great. Okay. But I forgot about that. That's more for plot purposes than her as a flourishing human purposes. <laughs> yeah. Sounds interesting. <laughs> um, so then she has to figure out where she's going. Um, yeah, they talk about Briar Girl and like, you know, Blake sort of talked to her and she was not a huge dick. And so maybe like Maggie, that would be useful. But then the thought of like, maybe you should confront more dangerous people while you're stronger. Um, mm-hmm. And because Sandra's pushing her to go to Johannes, um, but she decides to go see Mara, which I'm really glad we did, but it was also like a complete and total waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, which is part of what made this feel like the like tour of Jacob's Bell checking off the people, like kind of getting introduced to them on an individual level. Mm. Um because yeah, that was such a waste of time, but also great. <laughs> I could see why she uh wanted to go there. Just I mean, well, she's desperate and Cronmara's old, so That's true. Um and I guess um getting into that more, it seems like her shtick is that she like steals the bodies of children um and like puts them into dolls and like she becomes the kid or something i'm not entirely sure how it works though because we see her as an old woman at the council i don't know if she could move back and forth um Hmm. but like um this is a side plot point in dragon age which is a fun video game and you don't really learn about that until like oh no you learn about in the first one i think yeah um and it's also reminds me of one of the pale, I think the domain text talked about that guy who would like steal children and like take over their bodies and like whatever. Um, and that's mm. like kind of what I assume she's doing. I'm not positive, but that's what this feels like. Okay. Um, the fairy tale references that um, Checkers thinks about through this are fun um especially when she figures you know she's like i've read too many fairy tales to fall for this like um (laughs) because it was very intense and like we didn't know what to do or whatever like i i felt kind of just like ah like is this the right thing like this feels like a you know a dumb decision because you know mara's gonna get you but like a morally good decision if you're freeing this child um and it's just like oh wow that you know isn't a child she was just trying to trick you into like <sighs> i i it felt kind of like a rules of hospitality ish thing where she had let checkers in but if she could get checkers to break hospitality by like freeing her slave or whatever um then she could murder the kill her and her. make her into compost yeah um or just that like if she agreed yeah i'll help you then she could you know interpret that however she wanted um it was fun reading back through it noting like how she would refer to the crone mara in third person how she would um yeah say say just everything she said was true obviously but it was like a fun thing that i did not catch on to the first time yeah um, yeah Ooh. the dolls were yeah. a lot though it was really that was a lot i feel like that whole thing was a lot it was a lot <laughs> So she gets out of there and in increasing desperation, she goes to the witch hunter's place. Um, Surprisingly, she avoids being killed and even more surprisingly is provided with an assortment of weapons and she gets to test them out on Budzak. Yeah. I feel like Maggie's karma is like fairly 
solid since being completely fucked by Patrick. Um, yeah, can you imagine if this is Blake? <laughs> right, like, like Sandra, like, picks Checkers up off the street, like, you know, gives her sanctuary, gives her a great breakfast, gives her a knife, just like, yeah, here you go, whatever, bye. And, like, I mean, Cronmar wasn't great, but she didn't die. And then mm-hmm. the witch hunters are just like, yeah, here's some weapons and stuff. Like, it just, like, it's fucking nuts. Um, and I'm happy for her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she needs yeah. That. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. So I don't know if you live in a goblin infested neighborhood, Jen, but thinking about how your kitchen, uh, your dishwasher like flooded and how your like car is breaking and all this stuff reminded me of like the whole goblins make people keep struggling that like if you're well off enough the goblins will never buy you through you in the first place Those but if like fuckers. <laughs> you manage to like get enough of your shit together to like you know you, you save enough to fix something they'll like break it down they're keeping you kind of down there like that just oh i hated that well my i mean insurance is covering most of the kitchen so uh, probably doesn't apply but as <laughs> 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 uh, i have to pick up more shifts but yeah that is a, that was kind of an inter- interesting thing for them to say, right? Like, mm-hmm. kind of a interesting thought. Fucking dicks. Yeah, it sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes sense if you know, like, the well-off people are going to get you with their resources to keep picking on the people who aren't doing as well off, so that you can uh, continue to pick on them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I was proud of myself for knowing that playing in a snowbank was dangerous before Maggie said that it was dangerous. <laughs> Good job. Um, yeah, I don't know where I'd heard that before, but yeah, if you're up, kids like to dig into the snowbanks, but also they can collapse and suffocate them or whatever. So it's not a good, not a good plan. Yeah. All right. Um, good to know. <laughs> yeah, these kids were kind of funny. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell if they were just like you know funny and weird or if like there's more more to them but yeah the one or just if their parents are a little bit open in the way that they talk because the one said that um ava is like a tramp or whatever and then she's like is she like a prostitute and Aaron checkers is like how the fuck do you know what a prostitute is like it's pretty (laughs) funny um but also yeah i mean maybe it's just Checkers doesn't understand children that well. Uh, their parents are very just like talk about stuff like that in front of them, uh, or like some sort of symptom about the way that, that Jacob's Bell is kind of rotten. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like we get that a lot based in the whole like allowing goblins and exiled fairy and other things to like run around and like make people's lives worse in exchange for trying to get more power. And different yeah. things. Um, yeah. Um, I also really loved her whole nerds are the second scariest group that humanity has ever produced. Who are the scariest? <laughs> yeah. Stupid people. Like, it's just it's so funny. <laughs> I really liked it. That's great. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's actually pretty, like, right on, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then she manages to be like, hi, are there traps? And the kids are like, what? And she's like, tell me about the traps. And so then, you know, she goes up to the door and knocks and we're all like, maybe Andy will be home. And then he's not. <laughs> and Ava's home. Um, she's a lot. Yeah. Um, Fucking crazy. Yeah. I don't know if she, she reminds me of like Jinx from Arcane, except like meaner. Yeah. She doesn't have the whimsicalness 
She's just right. like, I'm gonna murder your face. Like, right. So hard. Right. Um, the when she shoots like the crossbow, like the bolt or whatever, into Maggie's scarf, that was um that took me by surprise, but it was kind of great that like she said it, you know, if you say one thing without my permission, like I'll shoot. Um, and then she did, and it felt very practitionery, but it's interesting because like they're, you know, not bound by those rules and they will remind um checkers of that several times, but they are very good at following those rules. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really interesting. Um and Maggie probably shouldn't have said, like, hey Ava, don't call me names because you're like destroying me as a yeah. entity that exists. But also Ava shouldn't have called her those names because that was mean. That was kind of a dick move. But you know. I mean, witch hunters just like want to kill witches, so I guess it made sense to Ava. Um Yeah. It's too tempting, I think. Yeah. But I, I don't know why she wasn't going to kill Maggie. Andy was just like, yeah, like, you know, leave her alone. Like, you're not going to kill her. So stop tormenting her. And I don't know if it's like a deal they have with the council that they'll only kill people who they have been voted to die or are posing a threat or something, something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't in, I wasn't really sure why she wasn't going to kill her and why Andy was confident in that. I don't know. I mean, he knows her better than we do true um i i loved how <laughs> he start. she's still holding the crossbow he's throwing her sandwich at her and he starts like feeding her her sandwich while she holds the crossbow and like while holding his sandwich and taking bites like that was just so good i don't know why but it was so <laughs> something kind of funny about that just like yeah like maggie's like or checkers is like in like mortal fear like you know pinned to the door with this like you know maniac woman pointing a crossbow at her and they're just standing there like eating sandwiches it was very domestic in a fun yeah. way <laughs> you guys are crazy but oh, and i just goodness. yeah i love andy he's great so i hope he doesn't die horribly or something <laughs> that's <laughs> always the hope with these all you can hope for it's all you can hope for <laughs> yeah um they managed to equip her with some cool shit there's this like pipe that is a shotgun or something and there's another knife or some actually i don't know if we know what the other thing was she got something else um and he was like don't come after ava later on and she was like yep and i'm like no that's too broad but okay maybe it's fine (laughs) yeah i mean maybe it's fine maybe it's fine um yeah um and then she goes out there i i thought it was interesting thinking about you know andy's like we can't go anywhere else like um jacob's bell is this place for people like on the edges of Mm -hmm. society right so it's like you know checkers is the second rate practitioner with no real like assets um the witch hunters who know too much um to live in other places where there are like lords and other people with a bunch of control same with exiled fey um same with goblins right like there's all these like magical entities that are like not able to live in certain spaces mm-hmm. um and go to this place sometimes to like feed off of it and sometimes just like you know try to get by and this place is on the brink of a like lordship potentially which like feels kind of akin to like gentrification um that this will be a boon for the innocents and it'll be a boon for well-off practitioners but it'll force people like the witch hunters and the exiled fae and etc out um, yeah, and like, where do they have to go? I mean, I could see like 
Andy and Ava staying in Jacob's Bell because like the new Lord or whatever would know them and they would, you know, maybe find them useful and whatever, whatever. But in general, like um, having a Lord is makes things safer for innocence and other people, but also like is just really shitty for all the people who are already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And just like makes me think a lot about Kenneth and that situation and like how cool the thing that they're trying to do in Kenneth is and how impressive that miss was able to keep like practitioners and all that shit out um because you know kenna could easily have been a jacob's bell and it wasn't yeah even if it did have the hungry choir which was very very bad <laughs> she did a pretty good job though yeah, like, <laughs> yeah that was pretty <laughs> bad. hungry choir yeah <laughs> um fucking charles. fucking charles yeah um but yeah, so then she she makes it to this bridge and there's the goblins and she's like, you know, we're at the border of Johannes's domain and they fight and she shoots Buttsack and Buttsack says the whole thing about turning her face into a thong and that was awful. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, ew. And the little goblins run away and the big goblins are like, we're just going to watch and see what happens. Um, and then she's like, I'm going to drag Buttsack into here because it'll be fine. And this, like, huge org- ogre is like, cool, as soon as you stop being a human, which will probably be soon, I'll eat you. It was like, like that's thanks, fun. bro. <laughs> Appreciate that shit. Appreciate the morning. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, yeah, she's on the edge of, like, losing herself and being, like, taken over by a bunch of spirits and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And she went here. And that sucks. But also, literally, I feel like the only other place she could really go is Molly's... Um, grave thingy well i guess we'll have to find out yeah. next time <laughs> <laughs> well i think that's a good segue into our pale and comparison section so Woo-hoo. looks like he wrote a little note down so um okay yeah i guess we can compare this to getting to know the kennett others since we're we we're kind of visiting some of the people in the town yeah um i mean this was scarier because you know, she has goblins actively chasing her and she doesn't have like sworn oaths of I will not harm you like the Kenneteers did or whatever. Um, but being with Sandra kind of felt like being at like a barbecue at Matthew and Edith's house. Um, like, you know, good food, different vibe, adults, getting to know people, um, visiting um, Mara and the witch hunters was felt kind of like visiting the fae for the first time Mm -hmm. um just like this is dangerous and there's a lot of like shit going on real fast and like oh god what's happening and like oh is that a trap and like uh um with this one being a lot scarier um (laughs) but like yeah she didn't fall victim to a trap and she got some weapons and (laughs) it's great that's right i mean like she's doing all right so far (laughs) but yeah yeah, it was interesting that, I mean, this happens so much later in this book than the other book because, you know, Blake, again, has such a different role in this town. People would treat him a lot differently. And then he, like, fucks off to Toronto. Um, and now we can just sort of go around and be like, oh, yeah, you wondered what was up with these people? Here's some more about them. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, it still hasn't been very long in this book, um, time-wise, but feels like right. it, though. Yeah. But we're, like, halfway through? Question mark? I don't know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's like secretly this is the last this is the last arc. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> that would be we, wild. We turned off the cameras so Malia can't see my face. Um which I I feel yeah. like I'd usually do a decent poker face anyway, but um she does. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> anyway um now our favorite i mean part. i feel like we should have like planned something if this was you know basically the end we should have planned uh, I mean, like a know, we could a have party but... or, a, or a something at a party <laughs> well all right i, I mean we can think poke. about it can read poke. <laughs> that's right that'll be our party poke party yeah all right so now Ooh. we're gonna go to our favorite section malia's bold and specific prediction section i am looking forward to hearing what you have for this week um, I've been thinking about like where this arc is going and I'm trying to decide. So the, the, I mean, this section, right? These three chapters was very like bounce from one place to the next, to the next, to the next. And so mm-hmm. in these next two chapters, you know, will it be like she hangs out with Johannes for a hot second and then she bounces and goes to Molly or Briar girl or the other and the hat or whatever, or will it just be like Johannes has you now? Wahahaha. <laughs> fade to black next person um and i don't know um i mean what i want is i want for her to go be like hey molly's echo let's team up and i don't know if that's where we're going so that's not where we're going like i think johannes can help her but i think yeah it'll come at like a steep ish price um i feel like we're gonna wander around in the domain for a bit and find him and he'll get her to promise something that'll kind of suck this is not very specific um you don't think he's gonna be like a really nice yeah you have to be more bold and specific be bold and specific malia that's what we this is what the listeners want (laughs) um i don't know do you have do you have a question that can help me think of a what is going to happen um to uh checkers by the end of the arc like in terms of because it seems like she's kind of disintegrating a bit um is she going do you think that there's going to be something definitive that happens to her um i mean so yeah so i think option one is what i predicted last week that she'll like fuse with molly um but i guess option two would be she'll make some sort of a deal with johannes and he will be able to bolster her enough with his like vestige domain whatever and she'll sort of be like trapped in his as a servant kind of not like not entirely but like she'll have made certain promises that will keep her bound ish to johannes and like hoping and waiting for patrick to come back because like i could see it also just like maggie disappears and like the rest of this story is just like how everyone fucking dies after blake dies but we need to see her like fire and darkness and blood things and we need to figure out what the fuck's up with her swearing and well, I mean, shit. Like, I don't think her fire she's... and blood and all that's not hers anymore, right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, because that's part of like what belongs to Maggie Holt and what belongs to Checkers. Um, I don't know. Okay, so you're saying that it could still be like her thing? Yeah. Um. So she's yeah. gonna keep on fighting, either make a deal with like Johannes for something that's gonna suck, or gonna be possessed by Molly Walker's echo. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Those are bold enough, I think. Thank you. All right. We're going to go for, let me see, our previous discussion question. Um, 
of last or a couple weeks ago that I got really mad about. I'm still kind of <laughs> mad about it. Um, it's Lord of the Rings is blank as Twilight is to blank. Um, or just to tell us a hot take on fantasy literature. So we got really a lot more of these than like I wanted, to be honest. Because <laughs> I just was like not happy. But <laughs> Oh, we got so many. <laughs> All right. Well, Singachi says um worm is to superhero fan fiction what naruto is to anime fan fiction that's more acceptable so thank you singachi <laughs> um a bird sort of paraphrased sarah Graug, um claiming that what they were saying was that sword art online is the lord of the rings of isekai which i know what some of those words mean independently and not what that means all together yeah, so i, I don't hope know what that's that funny <laughs> hopefully that means something to some of you um so and yeah what do they say the chronicles of narnia are the lord of the rings of isekai okay that's right. a bird so a bird yeah clarified that the chronicles of narnia are actually the lord of the rings of isekai which again words i know i know what both of those things are except i don't know what isekai i don't know what that means okay yep. um <laughs> captain rhino he says the lord of the rings is to the midwestern medieval fantasy genre as twilight is to 50 shades of gray and then they go ahead and make another comment and saying that arwen is over 30 times older than aragon at their wedding the 2778 years old versus 88 so if you're a fan of lord of the rings you have no right to call edward and bella creepy which okay my comeback to that is that 88 is like above age of majority like 88 is an adult <laughs> i mean yes and i also would say you know what they can both be creepy to me interesting I mean, okay i feel like they can uh, both be hot, creepy more hot takes more hot takes <laughs> like yeah someone who's like almost three thousand years old dating an 88 i mean what does that rule like your age uh half your age plus seven doesn't really uh-huh. work it, it, that definitely is <laughs> I mean, you know what? Sorry, it's still creepy. I mean, I I don't care as much because uh I I don't know, adult. it's not as in your face. Adult. Um he's an adult. Yeah, he's an adult. That's true. So he like he like can legitimately make his own decision about that whereas like <laughs> Bella is like a fucking teenage like Bird. yeah. She's just a teenager <laughs> and she fucking doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's creepy as fuck. Um Yep. That's creepy as fuck. Whereas like Arwen Aragorn, Gorn, yeah, I guess it's less creepy because he like can consent fully and he like mm-hmm. knows what he's getting into, mm-hmm. and he just doesn't give a fuck. So I think mm-hmm. that's better. Um, mm-hmm. But it's still, it still is a little creepy. Yes, I don't really feel um, like it, but I'm just like, I feel like it's just like logically, it has to be creepy because half your age plus seven, you know. <laughs> it's the ultimate rule. That's the ultimate rule. <laughs> um. Cool. So Violet Faith set provides a fantasy hot take um, and says that modern fantasy is not very much like the Lord of the Rings in vibes. It's much more like D&D or a Wizard of Earthsea. Um, there's a debt to the Lord of the Rings, but it's more like stealing of names and stuff than the works actually being in the same subgenre, which is very interesting. And like, that is interesting. Yeah, I could. I guess I could see that. Um, but I'm not as familiar with D&D as like Malia is because I've never played it. Um, it's fun. And I have, I've never heard of a Wizard of Earthsea before. So it's a novel by Ursula K. Le Guin. 
All right. Obviously, you're more familiar with both those things than I am. So <laughs> I haven't actually read The Wizard of Earthsea, but yeah. I mean, you're, I, you still have heard of it, so yeah. you still win. Uh, <laughs> um, but then Belegtal does say, like, it's worth mentioning that most fan- modern fantasy tropes are based on D&D, but D&D is based on Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so that's true. That's um, screw, screw, screwzer, screwzer. Don't know why that was so hard. Okay. Screwzer also comments on Violet Faith's um, hot take um, in a somewhat long elaboration um, talking about like Lord of the Rings knockoffs um, and how like a lot of the Lord of the Rings knockoffs combine the roles of Frodo and Aragorn, um, which loses some of the nuance. And um, you should check out their comic because it's interesting and kind of long. So I don't want to read the whole thing, but yeah, those hot takes. They're thinkers. They're thinkers. Um, I do want to read. Let's see. There's there's a bunch more. Um, there's one from Misi One or Miasi One, whatever, uh, that already starts off terribly because they say, for the record, they're fully on board with Malia's comparison. <laughs> so, yes! fuck you. <laughs> fuck you both. Um, you guys both fucking suck. Okay. Um... <laughs> And then kind of said, like, he's like, considering a lot of the Satanism hype surrounding fantasy and D&D in America back in the day, I wonder if a lot of people felt the same about Lord of the Rings as Jenny does about Twilight. Cheap smut defining a genre of sin, which to that, I also am like, fuck your face but maybe you're right i mean it just but that feels wrong and then it says in 40 years maybe people will look back on this podcast and ad- admonish jenny for her closed-mindedness and inability to appreciate the rich tapestry mrs meyer wove but that's <laughs> which fuck fuck your face I- i'm sorry miss one i'm sorry i'm sure you're lovely but fuck your face um but at the same time this next generation of Jennies will be tearing into the new transformative works of their time, which is um, clown fiction, but the clowns are social revolutionaries. It will be a big genre, you guys, which to me says that Misi One is really is writing a clown fiction, like revolutionary type of novel. And he's trying to get it out there. And so he's trying to like get that, get that shit out there, um, which you know what? Best of luck. That's I mean, a hard post sell. the link in the, discord or whatever yeah post we'll, read it. We'll, we'll fucking i mean we'll <laughs> we'll go ahead and uh put your clown fiction out there i mean i'm i'll read it i will read that for sure um you don't have to be coy about it but they they also say i just realized i forgot to a- answer that school question so uh lord of the rings is to twilight as super mario is to candy crush um changing medium like this might be a cheat but i hope it's valid um which you know what? I actually can agree with that. I could see that. Lord of the Rings to Twilight is Super Mario's to Candy Crush. Because I don't really like Candy Crush either. So <laughs> I think that that's okay. That's the, that's I think the, that's fair. Yeah. That's that's the I like, also haven't played Candy Crush, so I'm not I, sure. Out of everything you said, that is what I've most agreed with so far. <laughs> so um but I am excited to read in your clown fiction. Um I really am curious about uh what the hell you're gonna be writing about. Is this like a dystopian novel? Where like clowns have like an underground, like you know, they have to, you know, be be an underground circus or whatever. Or this is this is more kind of like V for Vendetta, except like instead of like the you know Guy Fox masks, it's like clown outfits. 
Um, oh God. I'm I'm really pumped to read this. So <laughs> sounds yeah, right. Macy one, get on this. Uh, we want to see what you're saying. We want to see it. We want to hear what you, what your what your thoughts are because obviously it sounds like you put some thought into this. Um, um, I I saw another one that I wanted to call out. Um, Scruzer, okay. I missed this when I was scrolling through, but Scruzer says that Lord of the Ring is to Aragon of the Inheritance Cycle by Christopher Paulini as Interview with a Vampire is to Twilight. And I fucking love <laughs> I haven't actually read Interview with a Vampire or seen it, but my friend, um, one of my best friends in high school did um, like read it and like told me about the entire thing. I was a weird kid where I just wanted people to like summarize books you were like using reading people them. as spark notes, basically. Yeah, well, I mean, I just like, I don't know, I didn't want to read it and she really wanted to talk about it and I was like, cool, go for it. <laughs> Cool. And I actually really love that comparison. Um, yeah, definitely. That's pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. our discussion question, um, this is this might be kind of hard to write like to write out, but Ooh, wait. I do think that- Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I also um wanted to shout out this is a very old discussion question answer. Um Thomas Berubeg um is catching up apparently, started listening to this podcast recently, and um wants to recommend a board game and so i love board games and i want to shout this out um he recommends spirit island which is a cooperative board game where players play as unique spirits of an island beset by invading colonists hashtag conquest um and also it was referenced by chloe in 16.4 of pale which is nuts and now i really want to play it so i feel like someone else probably recommended that too um but I don't remember. Um, so it kind of makes me want to play it even more. Yeah. Um, I feel like someone maybe did. But also, hi, Thomas. I hope you're still enjoying this. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, yeah. I wasn't really sure about the new discussion question, what to ask exactly. But we can brainstorm. Because like, I was thinking something about like the connections model that Maggie does um, as a question. Uh, maybe like what would you use that sort of thing for in the practice or what do you think Mm. would be in your circle or if you lost your name, what would you have left? (laughs) Okay. I don't know. I have a random question and you can shoot this down. Um, If you were in Maggie's shoes and wherever you are, unless it's at home, because that's cheating, but like wherever you are, um, which maybe is at work or maybe it's a commute. If you were handed a letter and you had to keep reading it in order to get to shelter, whether that's, or I guess if you're at your home, you have to go to a different shelter. Um, if you had to read it while you were commuting, how fast would you be able to do it? And <laughs> would you be able to, I mean, could, could you would you survive? Walk? Yeah. Would you survive? <laughs> cool. I like that. That's fine. All right. Sweet. All right, guys. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, you'd like to help support the podcast. I can't speak. Uh, please subscribe, share it with your friends, and leave a rating and review. To support our podcast, go to patreon.com slash media. And if you'd like to support Wild Bo as he continues to write fantastic stories, go to patreon.com slash You can follow the pod on Twitter at Pale Comparison or send us an email at paleincomparisonpod at gmail.com. Keep an eye out for our Reddit thread in r slash parahumans, where you can answer our discussion question and share your thoughts on this episode. In addition, if you would like to see all of my predictions laid out, check out our episode description for a link to a prediction tracker. Next episode, we will be covering chapters 8.6 and 8.7. 
All right. Fun fact. Um, alpine bumblebees, which apparently are only considered alpine of from because of where they live. Um, I'm going to start that fact over, Malia. <laughs> okay. Blech. Okay. Fun fact. Alpine bumblebees have the ability to fly higher than Mount Everest. Um, they're considered alpine because of where they live, but they apparently don't actually really differ from similar species that live closer to sea level. So perhaps all bumblebees can fly higher than Mount Everest. They just haven't tested all of them yet. But wow. yeah, pretty wild stuff. It's like they're tiny little... Do bees have lungs? I think they have lungs. Do bees get like altitude sickness? Uh, I don't know if anyone studied that before. <laughs> um, What's stopping other things from flying higher than Mount Everest? Probably the cold. Uh... If I had to guess. <laughs> I mean... I cool. feel like bees probably have lungs now. I'm like, <laughs> oh, apparently they lungs? don't have lungs, but They're they so do have. Little. Where would they fit? <laughs> oh my gosh, dual fact, guys. Bees do not have lungs, but they do have air sacs known as tracheal sacs located in the head and throughout the body. Bees breathe by taking in air through 10 pairs of holes called spiracles, which are located in the thorax and abdomen, which is on a website called buzzaboutbees.net, which is adorable. <laughs> So maybe that helps with like I was gonna say buoyancy, buoyancy, but like not in water. <laughs> like helps with their like aerodynamics. Yeah, helps, you know? them f- helps them fly. Yeah, they might. Oh, these yeah. are so cute. No, I just pictured a bunch of cute little bees, with their little lungs, and little bouncing. So they don't have lungs; they have tracheal yeah. sacs. I think that's yeah. what it said. Also cute. <laughs> also cute. It's not a cute name for that though, but that's no. fine. All right, have a good one, guys. Bye!